This is a disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm your host, Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hi. And you're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday, our mini-ish episodes about <laughs> tragedies that aren't so many. Although lately, when Lee does one, it's not really... What do you mean? mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're slightly shorter than an hour. I have a tendency <laughs> to run off at the mouth. Look, when I'm talking about something I enjoy. I get done real quickly, and one <laughs> of us can go longer. Yeah. That's... Read into that no, what you will. Yeah, no, no opportunity for... Can't think of anything... Double entendre there. Don't know what anybody would... Don't know. Don't know make what a we, joke out of that. Me, yeah. uh, just a little bit of housekeeping up front. If you <clears> are new here, probably worth checking out the rest of our catalog that came before, because we reference it frequently. So if you want to be in the know... Check it out. You won't miss any inside jokes. Everything's a standalone episode, but it's nice to, sometimes we'll be like, hey, remember in that episode when we talked about whatever? Yeah. And yeah. you don't want to be, you don't want to be like, yeah. what? <laughs> Who wants that? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, this week, uh, Lee's got one for us. So take it away, Lee. I got one for you. Awesome. So, you know, I've said over and over again that I'm the music guy. I'm the music guy. You know, I like to talk about music. Quick question. You the music guy or? That's me. Sweet. You heard that, did you? I did. Well, this week's podcast is not <gasps> musically related. <gasps> Breaking format. <clears throat> I'm leading the chorus of gasps. <gasps> Everyone yep. at home is gasping. Yep. That's <laughs> here. Okay, so today I'm going to talk to you about a comic book. Oh. The comic book Cerebus the Aardvark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, already lost. Already, <laughs> already lost or maybe intrigued. Yeah. So well, this was a comic book that uh, really broke a lot of the sort of tropes okay. of, you know, regular comic books. Sure. Um, it also has the, uh, record for most consecutive issues published by the same writer artist, oh. that being 300 issues. Wow. So of course there's comics that have gone way beyond that, yeah, but yeah. imagine like, you know, Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. If you picture like Stan Lee, not only wrote all of them, yeah. but illustrated all of them. Oh, wow. Not that he illustrated anything, but no, just, sure. it was, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that. Oh, wow. So That's crazy. Yeah, it has sort of a lot of different distinctions like that. It's yeah. outside of a lot of what you would know of comic books. Right, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> the artist in question is uh, one Dave Sim, mm -hmm. who was born in Hamilton, Ontario in 1956 mm -hmm. and lived most of his life in Kitchener, yeah. Ontario, yeah. where he still resides to this day. Hey. Um, so yeah, let's get into Cerebus the Aardvark. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> so it began publication in December of 1977 mm -hmm. under Dave Sim's own Aardvark Vanaheim Inc. Okay. publishing banner, yep. uh, which he ran with his... Then girlfriend, uh, soon to be wife and soon to be ex-wife, uh, Denis Lubert. Oh, you don't want to hear those back to back. <laughs> soon to be wife and ex-wife. Soon to be ex-wife. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, he was very adamant about self-publishing, but mm. in in the beginning, it was just necessity. That's cool. Doing it himself. Respect. Respect. DIY. Man. Exactly. If you want to get die. something done, do it. Yeah. Don't wait around. Do it. Do it. Do okay, it. so the series Do began it. as a sword and sorcery parody, okay. uh, taking many of its cues from Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> as well as uh, Howard the Duck. Okay, the yeah. Marvel. Yeah, I've read comic. Conan. I haven't actually read Howard the Duck. So Howard the Duck's like a Marvel comic from the seventies. Is right. kind of like 
a talking duck, basically. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it was happening. It's one of those deep dives for yeah. the true blue Marvel fans. Yeah. So the titular character, Cerebus the Yardwork, mm-hmm. he's the star of the series and it follows his many adventures. And uh, he is a misanthropic, anthrop- anthropomorphic, three foot tall, bipedal gray aardvark. <laughs> All right. All those things. All right. How tall was he? <laughs> three feet. Okay. Yeah. So not, um, I don't know why I pictured like a towering no, seven foot. No, he's okay. this aardvark existing amongst humans. Okay. <laughs> and they really don't make too much of right. a big deal of the fact that he's an aardvark. It's, it's kind of like Rocket the thing. Raccoon, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, so he refers to himself by name in the third person, okay. not unlike Jimmy from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he's an amoral character, um, often foul-mouthed and uncouth. Yeah. He has a vicious temper and he loves getting drunk. All right. Uh, at one point in the story, he's described by another character as having a self-absorption that borders on the pathological. (laughs) So he's not exactly your typical brand of comic book hero, if you even want to call him that. I was going to say, what? Is a comic book about him (laughs) self-destructing? Yeah, yes. Yes, very much so. Oh, okay. (laughs) But he's essentially, from the outset, he's totally out for himself and his own interests. Uh, Though he will often, in the end, do the right thing. Right. Uh, and will occasionally show genuine affection to those he considers to be his equals or has feelings sure. for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he's like a soldier and a fighter at heart. He's right. very skilled at hand-to-hand combat. Okay. Um, and so one last thing I'll say about him, just setting up the Cerebus character. Yeah. Um, there's an important aspect that maybe the most important aspect of him is that he is kind of a chosen one. Like he's kind of a Luke Skywalker or a Neo or something. Okay. Uh, he possesses this sort of innate, quote, magnifier ability. At least that's how Dave Sim has described it. Okay. Um, it's this ability which he shows little or maybe no conscious awareness of. Mm-hmm. It's just the tendency for events occurring around him to become unusually focused in order yeah. Ordered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with intensified actions and consequences, and sometimes paranormal effects that sort of fall out of place when he's not around. Hmm. Um, so it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. you seen that movie? But I have been present during its viewing <laughs> four times. Okay. But I've not seen that movie. Really? I think I've fallen asleep every nice. time. <laughs> Last time was maybe 10 years ago. Okay. <clears throat> but I uh, think it deserves a rewatching. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I I think I now I remember it being it very good. I used to I used to also fall asleep during every anime. Okay. Regardless, Me like too. I fell asleep during Akira twice, <laughs> but apparently it's amazing. And I, I went amazing. back and I watched uh, Ghost in the Shell, and it's like one of my favorite movies. Okay. okay. So I think if I can make it through anime, I could probably make it through Probably make it through Donnie a, Darko. a and I'm screening a big, of Donnie Darko. Big uh, Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Now, yeah. So. Well, it's him uh, in his uh, infancy. Yeah. Him, sort I was going <laughs> to say Not Prime, really. but him in his Prime. first role, maybe? One of, yeah. <laughs> I think he was the bubble boy before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. So um, it's similar because it's uh, the sense of him being sort of an unaware and somewhat unwilling 
chosen one. Yeah. The difference being that Cerebus doesn't have that scary like rabbit from right. the movie sort of yeah. showing him what to do. Yeah. Um, so there's characters that are sort of pulling him in certain directions yeah. that are right at times. But again, that's more of an effect of this magnifier quality that that he has. Yeah, so right. there's yeah. no Yoda. There's no Morpheus uh, just, you know, laying out this prophecy that he's supposed mm -hmm. to fulfill. He's just sort of doing what he does. Yeah, right. Um, that's so, cool. Yeah. So that being the case, he rarely carries out the specific acts he was meant to do or right. possesses the correct items when it's crucial to do so. Okay. <laughs> As a result, uh, certain realities get a little disordered. Okay. So I'll probably Kay. get into that a little sure. bit later yeah. Yeah, without yeah. telling the whole damn story. Right. We'll be okay. here for four hours. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, it starts off pretty simply. Cerebus is basically a mercenary. Yeah. He's always looking around for gold in this sword and sorcery world mm -hmm. called Astarcyon. Okay. Made up world. Sure. So as I said- Oh, uh, it's, not, it's not one of the real ones? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> in, yeah, in Ottawa. <laughs> uh, so Dave Sim is basically doing everything himself aside from like getting help on the publishing side. Yeah. Uh, like I said, as far as the production, it's all him. Yeah. Uh, often in a typical comic production that you've got tasks of script, penciling, inking, coloring, lettering- right and editing are sort of split like yeah. one person per task. He's doing everything yeah, people, other than coloring because it's in black and white. Yeah, people build careers on that. You have people that are like inkers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is like a joke throughout Chasing Amy, I think. Is it? Where okay. it's like, oh, you inked it? Well, you're a tracer, you traced it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so he's doing it all. He's That's... doing it all, it's like per month. Respect it's quite again. the workload. Respect. Yeah. So at the so the beginnings of the comic, the artwork is on the same level. Like picture, think back to high school. Mm -hmm. Try to picture the third best artist in your class. <laughs> it's not great. It's very rough. That is a great that's such a good way to put it. Yeah. I yeah. think everyone can I'm conjure up that image. Vividly picturing. We had a wall in our high school of like it feature the art. Yeah. I can like call up the image in my mind of the third best thing on that wall. <laughs> okay. So it's not pretty to look at, but yeah. there's potential. Um, right, sure, sure. Like the proportions are like a little off. It's just, yeah. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. But keep at it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, especially if he's doing everything himself, you oh, can't sure. not get better. The only way to get better at drawing is to draw more. Yeah, just bang it out. Yeah. So uh, the story on the other end, uh, the potential for it to improve was not immediately evident. Okay. Um, I came to it way after it had been out of production. Yeah, okay. Like I was maybe a little aware of it when okay. it was being made when I had when I was a kid mm -hmm. buying G.I. Joe comics. Right. It yeah. wouldn't have meant anything to me then. Yeah. Um, but I knew then that the story would get much bigger. Okay. So it was kind of like getting through those first few issues, like yeah. just keep going. Yeah. This looks like it's gonna yeah. turn into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it wouldn't take too long before it sort of developed. Sure. Like yeah. the, with every issue that comes out, there's small but noticeable improvements in the artwork. Yeah. So by the teens, um, things are starting to look pretty good. Okay. And that's around the point where stories were being fleshed out more. They would, rather than just being standalone, sort of monster of the week, yeah. like start, finish per issue, it would sort of 
spread out over a few issues. Yeah. Uh, and by the early 20s, it was sort of clear that the Cerebus storyline was going to get much bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So around this time, now we're about 1979. Yeah. Uh, Dave Sim, who uh, up until that point was a frequent marijuana user, mm. began taking LSD. <laughs> always a turning point. It always goes there That's with always my a turning point. <laughs> I was like, oh, another one of these shit. Everything's fun and games until they start. People are dropping ass. Dropping ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so things got better. And things got better. <laughs> he began taking it with such frequency that he ended up in the hospital. Oh, good. <laughs> During good. his stay, he was apparently diagnosed with schizophrenic tendencies. Oh, boy. Let's remember that. Wait, okay. <laughs> You're locking it in. Yeah. Okay. So it's around this time that Sim saw Cerebus mm-hmm. as a much larger story than he'd originally envisioned for this creation. Okay. So he decided that the story would, from this point onward, be essentially a roughly 6,000-page story broken up into 300 monthly issues. Okay. Uh... And in the final issue, mm-hmm. uh, Cerebus would die. Okay. That was his plan. It's and to have a vision. Yeah. And he was not secretive about that. He talked about that in the comic, like, you know, the little news section yep. or letters. Like, he was like, this comic will run for 300 issues. In the last issue, Cerebus dies. Okay. Damn it. It's like, <laughs> whoa. Well, I guess there's a lot of pages between now and then. Whoa, absolutely. But imagine, like, so Spider-Man dies in issue 300. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, for good. Wow. Jeez, okay. But now I have to read it. Exactly. <laughs> see where this goes. From this point, the long-form storytelling comes into play okay. around issue 25, where there's large chunks of broken up into chapters. Right. So the first one is called High Society mm-hmm. and it runs for 25 issues. So that's okay. about two years, like two years yeah. on one storyline. And it's just sort of like a kind of a soap opera. Like yeah. it's just one issue goes to the next. And it's yeah. like one constant storyline. Huh. Uh, High Society deals with uh, Cerebus being uh, elected uh, prime minister. Okay. Uh, until he's not and he loses everything and everything goes to shit. Um, but yep. it's interesting, interesting uh, for you and me because there's a hotel that everything's sort of taking place at yeah. they're called the Regency. Okay. And it's based uh, cosmetically on the Chateau Laurier. Oh. Here in Ottawa. Yeah. Canadiana. So, Center uh, of its own controversy, future disaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> future disaster in the making. Um, so now we're at about issue 50. Uh, okay. This is the start of what I would consider to be the high point of the series. This is the church and state storyline. Oh, okay. This is the longest storyline of the series running for over 50 issues. Mm-hmm. So that's five years on one oh, storyline. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. But, um, and no breaks. It's just the story. It's just the story from one issue to the next. Okay. But it's such a good story. Okay. Like, yeah, it's just compelling. Huh. Uh, so in this storyline, Cerebus gets elected pope. And okay. it's funny because as soon as he's elected pope, fascist dictator. Oh, <laughs> he's basically like, give me all your gold or yeah. I will tell God to end the world. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um, right. So it's around this time, uh, issue 65 specifically, where Dave Sim 
brought in a second pair of hands mm-hmm. to help with the artwork. Uh, this uh, guy named Gerhard, okay. Edmonton-born artist. Uh, the arrangement being that Sim would take care of all the foreground characters mm-hmm. and Gerhard would fill in the backgrounds okay. in the artwork. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the artwork is already much, much, much better. Yeah. Now that they've got these specific tasks, it would get like exponentially that must be cool to watch, especially if you've been reading from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like looking at it and being like seeing an artist's progress is always super it's cool. It's almost like you don't notice just because you're seeing it from yeah. one issue to the next. But yeah. then when you look back like five from where you are, yeah. it's like, damn, it got yeah, these really ha- good. These hands are terrible. Yeah. And now they're great. <laughs> and now the lines are thinner. <laughs> now there's the right number of knuckles. Exactly. Um so yeah, like I said, this this storyline is amazing. It's it's it re, it kind of starts to really dive into Cerebus as the chosen one right. aspect. Yeah, and what ends up happening towards the end of it is he he embarks on what's called this ascension. Okay, uh, which is like only those who are truly worthy can ascend. And mm-hmm. the story is, or the legend is, you sort of go up to heaven or whatever and have yep. a little chat with God. Yep. So what actually happens is he travels to the moon where he meets a character called the judge okay. uh, who proceeds to relate what would end up being Dave Sims first personalized version of the creation myth. Okay. Uh, so the Dave Sims first take on that as told through the judge yeah. is that what scientists refer to as the big bang, hmm. which we learned about in cosmic, cosmic, cosmic terror, terror. Nuclear <laughs> was actually a rape that oh. occurred when okay. the male aspect of God, mm. represented as the void, okay. came upon the female aspect of God, represented by the light or mm. like a singularity, mm. and forced himself upon her, causing her to explode and die and eventually form trillions of galaxies and stars spanning trillions of light years. Norm did not tell Norm us about didn't. that often. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't help but notice that Norm omitted that yeah, part. Yeah, I'm going to have a word with, with our friend Norm. With nuclear Norm. Leaving that one out in his episode yeah. about yeah. the yeah. birth and death of the Shenanigans universe. Shenanigans there, Norm. Yeah. So uh, the judge also makes note that there is no such place as heaven. So that's kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, because of what I'll talk about later. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, as far as Cerebus is concerned, he tells Cerebus that he will live a f- he Cerebus yeah, will sure. live a few more years before dying alone, unmourned, and unloved. Great. And that's all I can really say for him. Okay. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Cerebus again loses everything. Okay. So, <laughs> and the uh, Sirenists have invaded. We'll talk about them later. Okay. <laughs> A lot um, of threads being said. A lot of here. threads. I'm trying not to tell the whole damn sure, story, sure, sure. Yeah. but there's some. Important stuff okay, I got to mention. Enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so yeah, at this point uh, in Dave Sims' life, we're in the now we're in the mid '80s. About mm-hmm. uh, he's doing quite well for himself as Cerebus. So he's still sticking to the self-publishing thing, mm-hmm. and it's proving to be quite lucrative, uh, particularly when he makes the different chapters of the story, like mm-hmm. High Society, mm-hmm. Church and State, uh, available in collected omnibus right, sure, editions yeah, yeah, yeah. or phone books as they're called because they're they're thick yeah okay fair <laughs> enough yeah, yeah. so um, and the reason he uh, 
did so well is because he offered the first printings of these via mail order only. There you go. So financial windfall for him, grossing over 150 grand on sales. Nice. Uh, the distributors, however, hmm. were quite pissed. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I they, could see that. Yeah, they felt their support had been instrumental in his series' initial success. Yeah, in an industry generally indifferent to small publishers. Yeah, well, sure. That's so, not gonna kind of making a name for himself in good. And bad ways. Like, hey, hey, Sony, industry. thanks for distributing all of my albums. Yeah. I'm going to do a greatest hits that I'm going to distribute myself. Yeah, though. I'll take it from here. Yeah, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for seeing me through the meager years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, also uh, between 1985 and 1988, there were negotiations with uh, DC Comics. Okay, uh, buying Cerebus, mm-hmm. 100 grand, and 10 percent of all licensing and merchandising. Okay. Which Sim ultimately rejected the offer. All right. Uh, sure. So, yeah, that's where it's at. Uh, meanwhile, in the comic, there's, after Church and State, a big narrative shift taking place in the following chapter called Jacka's Story, okay. which is the story of Cerebus's sort of constant love interest throughout the, the comic, mm-hmm. this woman Jacka. Mm-hmm. And this chapter is interesting in, in that as Sim is telling this woman's backstory, he would deviate from the comics format completely and have maybe a single illustration on the page alongside long pieces of text, right. like written as though it were a novel. Sure, okay. Cerebus is very much a side character in this chapter, sometimes mm-hmm. not appearing certain issues at okay. all. I mentioned the Cyrenists. Mm-hmm. That's when they start to play, a, this is when they start to play a major role. They okay. propped up in church and state, but more as a cameo. Now they're becoming a big part of the story. Mm-hmm. The Cyrenists are a matriarchal, fascistic sect, which conquers Estarcion, the world mm-hmm. they live in, at the conclusion of Church and State, while Cerebus is ascending. The sect honors mothers, mm-hmm. primarily, also giving high honors to daughters or per- potential mothers mm-hmm. and children. Men are tolerated. Okay. Barely. All right. So think about that. Think about the creation myth I sort oh, of yeah. told you about. Yeah. Someone... Has got some hangups with women. A little bit. I think. A little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So there's another chapter that follows. Jacka's story is called Melmoth, where basically Dave Sim brings in Oscar Wilde as a character and describes his final days as they happened in reality. I have to read this series. Well, I have them all if you want okay. to them. You might not think so at the end, towards oh, the end, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. But again, it's just Dave Sim kind of like, I can do what I want. I want to sort of deviate yeah. and do this for a bit. And yeah, again, Cerebus is kind of like, Barely in it. Yeah. He's just sort of there. Okay. And sometimes not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So things pick up again with the second longest chapter in the series, that being Mothers and Daughters, mm-hmm. which contains four subchapters. These are Flight, Women, Reads, and Minds. Mm-hmm. Now, for many fans, I would say this is probably the penultimate Cerebus storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another five-year journey. And there really are many, many incredible parts of the story. And this is where the Cerebus as chosen one concept really comes to the forefront. Right from the start of this chapter, we're seeing these seemingly insignificant moments from way back at the beginning of the of the comic yeah. show up again and prove to be hugely significant. Okay. So did he plan that the whole time or is he just the best retcon man I'm, in the world. I don't know. I'm getting like hints of Arrested Development season four. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things set up at the beginning that yeah. pay off at the end. Exactly. Cool. cool. So, yeah, I don't know if that was the, sure. all the plan, but yep. I kind of think it maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Or he's just really good at, you know, tying up loose yeah. ends, basically. Yep. 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 So, again, uh, this is where Dave Sims' issues with women, or more specifically feminism, yeah. really start to come out. Okay. As I said, there's many aspects in this storyline that I find amazing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the not-so-subtle jabs at feminism and portraying men to be at the mercy of women. I mean, I can't roll my eyes back into my head 360 degrees as hard (laughs) as I try. So it's hard to love something when these aspects of it are so lame. Yeah. And these views come front and center in the third subchapter of Mothers and Daughters, and that's called Reads. Okay. So Reads is an absolute chore to get through. Okay. Uh, each issue would consist of about 40% sort of typical comic book stuff with right. know, panels and yeah, yeah. drawings, la yeah. la la. Yeah. And the remaining 60% would be text. Yeah, okay. Uh, just page after page of text. That's um, not why I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> I want the pictures. Exactly. I want the pictures <laughs> with the talking bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, it's sort of broken up into two sections within this subchapter. The first bit of text just involves like a sort of a cautionary tale in favor of self-publishing. Yeah. So it's like a little fictional thing about a guy True. who doesn't go the self-publishing route mm. and gets kind of mm-hmm. screwed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latter half is basically Dave Sim as Dave Sim inserting himself into the story, okay. waxing poetic, waxing philosophical mm-hmm. in only the way he can, free associating all over the place. Yeah. Um, it's clear that he's incredibly well-read, very yeah. literate, and very intelligent, but it's just like, I don't want to go on this ride with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is I this... don't know what you're saying, and this is boring. Is he still hitting the LSD at this point? I don't know. I don't yeah, think so. Maybe I think he's... that ended with the hospital thing, but sure. it, it made its mark. It, as it does. Yeah, <laughs> as it uh-huh, does. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And again, more and more, his views on women are... Yeah. Coming out. Yep. At one point, he describes women as tempests who tempt men away from their more valuable pursuits right, into yeah, yeah. domesticity. Okay. Because every man's got some dream he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically, that's, that's, that's how all I see us. my wife. <laughs> yeah. Just tying me down yeah. in no way making every aspect of my life possible. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, issue 186 is infamous. It's where he basically just lets loose, like kind of drops the sort of metaphors and everything and just sort of lays it out plain. So he's describing men as rational, logical creatures Mm -hmm. who thrive when left to their own devices. Mm -hmm. Uh, Women, on the other hand, are purely driven by emotion and their one pursuit in life is to strip men of all their free will, leaving them subservient pets. All right. And he also revised his original creation myth from mm-hmm. church and state. Oh, so he okay. took another crack at it. Yeah. Uh, he describes this time the male aspect as the light and oh, the okay. feel, female aspect as the void. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the rest, so I didn't want to read it again because it's boring. Sales began to decline around this point. Oh, do they? Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. People not picking up what he's putting down? Not quite. All right. For obvious reasons. I came here for the three foot tall walk in Aardvark. Yeah. So what are you doing? Yeah. 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 I I 100% respect the fact that it's someone's vision and sure. who am I to demand anything. Right. Yeah. And most of it is good. 
Well, but you know, I'm not going to go on the entire ride with you if no, some you, of it is you, you, abysmal. Yeah, because of this, and possibly also because um, just the the enormity of the story, you couldn't just dive in. Yeah, right. Like, you can't just buy issue whatever yeah. two fifty. You'd be like, to know what, what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you would be lost. He's on the moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kind of like our podcast. You just listen from the beginning. There you go. Start the beginning. <laughs> but things would get worse. Oh, boy. Um, but not not yet. Oh, not yet. okay. Well, <laughs> so we get past days, the, we, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the moment. So we get past reads. Now yeah. we're into the final subchapter. Minds. Like, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. It's, it's a great ending to the storyline. And it features Cerebus on a second ascension. Yeah. And it also features Dave Sim interacting with Cerebus yeah. uh, as a sort of disembodied voice. And they're having this sort of back and forth and, right. and Dave's answering his questions. Yeah. And he basically explains to Cerebus the very nature of his sort of chosen one, that he is a chosen mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Uh, could have had everything. Yeah. But he basically, in the in the beginnings of the comic, sort of, fucked up a little bit yeah, yeah and because of that everything went into chaos oh so okay. all these ridiculous characters coming into his life and yeah. all these things happening as yeah. a result of his the sort of channel of his chosen wantedness being yeah. skewed <laughs> so basically he got rid of specific items he needed and that just sent everything into chaos if he Damn had it. those items he would have got had it all that reminds me <laughs> of old role-playing video games where they oh, yeah. didn't have built-in protections against <laughs> yeah. you dropping something. You, you needed. dropped the key. Yeah, yeah, and there's and that's that's it though. Yeah, you just like hit you, a wall. You drop the key in the bog. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you dropped that twelve hours ago. Oh yeah, you needed, you needed that. that. Thanks, Zork. Fuck, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> now there's like, no, 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 yeah, you yeah. don't do that. Yeah, we want to make money. Can't sell that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So in the end, Dave Sim gives Cerebus a boatload of shit yep. for being such an asshole. Yep. He roughs him up a bit, then he performs eye surgery on him, and then he leaves him on Pluto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cerebus spends... I take it back. I don't want to read this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Decide at the end if you want to read it. Okay. Uh, so Cerebus spends some time there uh, reflecting on what an asshole he's been. Yeah. Uh, he finally realizes that he was able to contact Dave whenever he wants, and he does so, and he wishes himself back home. Sure, as you as you can do from Pluto. Also, <laughs> didn't you say this was another world that this all takes place on? Yes. In the same solar system? Yes. Okay. It eventually just becomes Earth. Sure. Like, eventually he's yeah. in wherever. Fair enough. Like, he talks about Egypt and that's stuff. That's probably the least, it's least troubling part. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, that's not fluid sure. at all. Good. Just the Good. whims of a madman. Yep, fair enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting part of the the story or possibly the start of a very uninteresting part of the story. All right. Cerebus number 200, which is where we are now, is very much the end of the story. And that's a claim that Dave Sim himself has made. That's quite something considering the comic had another 100 issues, almost 10 years Uh uh, of publication left to go. But again, this is not your typical comic. When the main part of the story has reached its climax, what you're left with is this sort of falling action that brings us to our eventual end. I think it's sort of a mirror for just life. Sure. Where... You know, the first half or maybe yeah. two thirds of whatever you're doing, yeah. you, that's where you do a lot of your significant yep. stuff. The rest, you're yeah. just kind of 
winding down, (laughs) coasting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that's basically what it is. The next chapter, it's called guys. Okay. And it's just Cerebus at a bar, living at a bar with his buddies who also live at the bar and hang out at a bar. Sure. And that's the next two years of the story. Just at a bar? At a bar. They talk about, what do they talk about? Guys stuff. Okay. <laughs> For how, how many pages in an episode? Uh, that's it? about, it depends actually, because yeah. one other thing Dave Sim did was publish every letter he ever got. Okay. So I don't have the issues, but sure. people have told me sometimes the letters would start where the staple is in the middle. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we're talking two years of at the bar <sighs> and in within the story, like years and years and years are going by. Yeah. So, um, I mean, at this point it's like a cult you're invested. Yeah. And if you, you stop, if but you actually, stop on, like if you quit, then you'll acknowledge that you've sunk so much money into this comic. <laughs> exactly. And it was a bad idea. That's how I am so now. So you got to keep going. dead. I got to see it through. Got to keep going. Um, but I, I don't mind this part of the story because sure. I, I kind of like the idea of a lull or just yeah. sort of like, you know, the aftermath. Yeah. Show me Spider-Man in class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so the following chapter of the story, it's called Rick's Story. Okay. This sets up a sequence of events which could have eventually made for a fantastic ending to the story. Yeah. Instead, the research that Dave Sim did for the portion of the story is what leads to his eventual break from reality. Oh, good. As I see it. I was wondering <laughs> when that might happen. To explain. Okay. So Rick's story sees a former husband of Jacka. I mentioned Jacka. Yep. Yep. So we f- first met Jacka, well, we first met Rick in Jacka's story mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. Uh, he's, was Jacka's husband. Yeah. He leaves her. He re-enters the story at this point. He's much older, he's a heavy drinker, and it turns out he's mildly insane. Mm-hmm. Claims to be writing his memoirs, but after being heavily affected by a series of delusions. Mm -hmm. His writing shifts focus to a religious text where Cerebus is a holy figure and Rick is like his follower. Right. All basically because Cerebus gave Rick just a few tips on how to deal with women. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So Dave Simmons wanted Rick's writings to be identical in nature to a sort of traditional religious text. Yeah. So what he did is he got himself a, a King James translation like 1611, I think, yeah. dates of the Holy Bible. Oh boy. Uh, whilst reading through the chapters, he yeah. came to the realization that it actually truly was the word of God and uh-huh. quickly converted from atheism to what can only be described as a religion of one. <laughs> oh boy. His personal belief system would... We've, we've heard this turn as well. Yeah, the- remember I mentioned before that he sort of had schizophrenic like thinking back to the Tin Myth Electron, Donald Crowhurst. Yeah. Towards the end, he also gets pretty, uh, pretty, pretty big on the big guy. Pretty big on the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his personal belief system would cobble together elements of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, although he described himself as mostly Muslim. Okay. So, um, while I really enjoy the Rick story chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, which ends with Rick experiencing a complete break from reality on his own, yeah. taking on this Messiah role to like spread the word of Cerebus. Yeah, he yeah. also curses Cerebus and in effect removes all of his sort of magnifier chosen one okay. quality. Sure. It's kind of bittersweet when you see what it leads to mm-hmm. in the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there's two more chapters that follow that and nothing really happens. There's one chapter that there's a character very much like F. Scott Fitzgerald. Okay. The next chapter, there's a character very much like Ernest Hemingway. Okay. Again, it's just Dave Sim flexing his literary muscle yeah, and it's right. like, look what I can do. And yeah, I yeah. want to do this for a while, so screw you. Yeah. Um, but nothing of note happens except for there's these seeds of like just Rick spreading the word of Cerebus sort of keep cropping up. Yeah. So it's like, oh, there's going to be a big payoff. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. <laughs> when we finally come to the point where this religion of Cerebus thing is coming to fruition, yeah. the story just goes right off the rails. Uh, okay. So this, the former half of this chapter called Latter Days yep. is just so goddamn zany mm -hmm. and just parodies within parodies. It's impossible to enjoy. Okay. It's just like, oh, and Cerebus is going to play like sort of this form of hockey for yeah. a bit. So he's a hockey player and now he's working on a farm and it's just like okay. jokes and jokes and dumb and like he's just removed this sort of universe that he set up. Yeah. Which, like I said, now it's just on earth yeah. more or less. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Oh geez. It's, it's, it's a slog. Yeah. But, um, and then there's a few cool moments here and there. It just kind of leaves you wanting for the old days yeah. more than anything else. However, okay. <laughs> these parts would prove to be a cakewalk compared oh. to the latter half of Latter Days, okay. which dealt with Cerebus's, a.k.a. Dave Sims, yeah. Torah commentaries. Okay. This basically saw Dave Sim breaking down and dissecting the first four books of the Torah, okay. which are also the first four books of the Old Testament of mm -hmm. the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, as only he knew how to do through the lens of a complete lunatic. So, <laughs> and if you're wondering how this translated to the comics medium, yeah, typically a page would include one or two illustrations surrounded by an entire page mm -hmm. of tiny, tiny text, page after page, issue after issue for almost a full year. I have to ask, did you read it all? I've read the series three times. I've okay. read that part once. Okay. And when I say I read it, every word I read was yeah. instantly forgotten. Okay. Like yeah, you're just doing it because you've made it. I was just far. like, yeah, exactly. I was yeah. like, I got to get through this. Yeah. But it, it's just so densely impenetrable. Yeah. It is the. Oh. That sounds like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, it's just all his views on women and gender and feminism. And he's basically a men's rights activist right, right, at right. this point, like yeah. a real trailblazer. Yeah. Um, but with the bonus feature of being obsessed with God yeah. or his version of God, that being that within these four books of the Torah, mm -hmm. any mention of God mm -hmm. in the Torah refers to the altruistic male aspect of God, mm. while any mention of Yahweh or mm. like this other version of the, mm. the Lord or something, mm. this mm. Un, unpronounceable name, yeah. refers to the delusional, devious female aspect of God, where everyone else in the world mm -hmm. thought it was the same yeah. sort of oh, deity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, everyone else is wrong, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Clearly he got it right. <laughs> it's worth noting at this point, in the story, uh, Gerhard, remember the other artist? Yep. He completely divorced himself from <laughs> you don't say. the story. Like he was <laughs> doing the work, but that's all he was doing. Right, yeah. Which is sad because yeah. he came into it as a fan. Right. And just as excited as anyone of what would happen next. Um, <laughs> hey, Gerhard, what you, would you think of the latest, what would you think of my latest story draft? Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, don't 
What do I have to draw? I like the way you drew that. And what do I have to draw? Yeah, just tell me what to draw. Tell me what to draw. Which is ironic because the the artwork at this point is stunning. Okay, like what they did with black and white is yep. almost better than what they could have done with color. Okay, like it, this the the textures and the oh my god, right. it's yeah. amazing. Hmm. <sighs> so the final chapter, called the last day, mm-hmm. begins with Dave Sim taking yet another stab at the creation myth. Mm. I don't remember what it involves. And again, I didn't want to read it because it's 40 pages of Dave Sim writing out verse after verse in the King James Bible manner, complete with little annotations at the bottom. Like you get the Bible explaining everything. Again, more tiny text. Just write that tiny text as the text. Or don't write it at all. That will, I mean... Was that Write it in your diary and okay. <laughs> throw it in the toilet sure. and flush it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just indecipherable nonsense mm-hmm. yep. and so unenjoyable. Okay. Um, and the final 10 issues involve Cerebus' final day alive. And he's grown very, very old at this point. Let's jump sure. way forward. Yeah. And as promised, he dies in the final issue alone, unmourned, and unloved. And that's Cerebus issue 300. It was published in March 2004. So yeah, we're ending with a whimper. How do how does the superhero die? Oh, cold and alone. <laughs> yeah. He falls off a chair and breaks his neck. Oh god, Rit- which would have been a cool thing, if not for the last yeah. hundred or so issues. Yeah. Um, but again, you've got two hundred issues of more or less consistent, like fantastic storytelling. Yeah. Just Bar none, yeah, so, yeah. you know, above and beyond a lot of what comics can give. So yeah. that's more than a lot of comics can say in and of themselves. Totally. Um, uh, I also find it interesting, again, like as a mirror for real life, you've got parts of your time on earth that are are fine yeah. or good yeah. or great yeah. or wonderful. And then there's some that are maddeningly frustrating or mind-numbingly boring. <laughs> so while that doesn't necessarily need to be reflected in a body of work right. that is presumably meant to be enjoyed, yeah. it's at the very least uh, interesting yeah. or noteworthy. No, that's, that, is, that is pretty cool. <laughs> and it's did. cool that he just, he, he in 1979, he said, I'm going to do 300 issues and he did it. Yeah. It's like, damn. That, yeah. He did, and by himself. By DIY. himself, more or less, yeah. DIY yeah, yeah. or die. DIY or, or die. DIY until the aardvark dies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's it. I'll just uh, leave you with one thought, and okay. that's Dave Sim believes that his completing his completion of the Cerebus story is what triggered the 2004 Indonesian tsunami. <laughs> so what you're saying is this was secretly about a tsunami. Basically. Nice. I, I brought it. Nice. I kept it really on topic. Perfect. <laughs> Holy crap. So that's Cerebus the Armor. So uh, I think mm-hmm. we've learned on four occasions now that you shouldn't mess with LSD. Is that what we're learning? Well, some people shouldn't. Right. Some people should not, definitely. No, no. Although, you you know, you take the good with the bad. and that's how you get the facts of life exactly (laughs) i think pretty much that that was that's a disaster i think it is so he's still alive oh yeah he's still alive um he's doing whatever yeah i know well he's praying a lot i know that yeah sold a lot of his possessions okay he his plan is for when he dies for cerebus to go into the public work what do you call it like the public domain Yeah, yeah 
Oh, so, that's cool. Uh, yeah, anyone can use it. Not that they would, but... <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, it would be nice if that happened that someone wrote the good ending. Right. I'd love for that to happen. Because <laughs> yeah. it's 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 disappointing because it's just... Uh, it yeah. sucks that it ended so awfully. But again, it's... You know, if you consider issue 200 the final... Yeah. Like the end of the story, then yeah. I think you're in for a good ride. Yeah. Other than those shitty parts I described. Well, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably never going to read that. I was, I was, I was intrigued <laughs> when you told me about a three foot tall anamorphic. Yeah. Aardvark. Yeah, 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 yeah. You lost me at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just knowing that. I mean, you're a completist like I am, yep. so I know you couldn't just stop. Oh no. All right. So what music does that make you listen to? Well, on the whole, this, the, the sort of vibe of this comic is very nerdy. Mm-hmm. Very nerdy indeed. Mm-hmm. There's a Sounds lot good. of sort of like Monty Python esque humor. And, nice, and uh, yeah, it just sort of uh, made me think of uh, King Crimson. Okay. So the song is called Fracture. Okay. Uh, from their album Starless and Bible Black. Okay. Um, topical. Topical. Bible. Uh, came out in the 70s. I forget what. Nice. Um, but uh, the song itself, it's instrumental as many parts as many King Crimson church songs. <laughs> well, yep. um, and it's just kind of all over the place and, right. and very uh, you know, disjointed. And Yeah, it's just, you know, it goes everywhere as this story does. Right. It yeah. seems appropriate. Yeah. And um, it's great. Awesome. Great guitar work in it. Actually, there's one, there's one part, there's a, a, a guitar piece in it where I've tried to play it at one quarter of the speed and I can't do it <laughs> just as a practice thing. Right, right. So to hear it is both. Yeah. I love it and I'm frustrated by yeah. it. Wow. <laughs> anyway, and you probably heard of it. You probably, probably, probably heard a bunch of it just now. I heard my mind right now. Sweet. Okay, well, that was a tragic Tuesday. So cool. thanks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you want to help us out, just uh, subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen, tell all of your friends about this show, find us on social media at This Disaster Pod on all of them. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm. Also our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. And come back next week for our next major disaster. Yeah.